All right, Rabbi say good morning, good morning, good morning, a good yar. Hopefully everybody had a beautiful and uplifting Yom Kippur. Baruch Hashem, we were Zulcha here to a very, very special day. Merit Hashem HaLavai should be our Yom Kippur, our tefillahs, our tshuva, should be a schus for all of us, and our mishpachas and Merit Hashem in the year to come. I want to begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning's staff to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Tishrei. Dr. Linda Weinberg, Sarah and Ricky Gratz, Julia, Rina, and Eve in loving memory of their husband, father, and Zayda. Dr. Paul Weinberg, Peretz, Moshe, Ben Avram, David. To thank Ayal and Sarah Steinberg for dedicating the Sherman this month and the Schloss of Rafu Shalema for Shulamis Bas Susha. To thank Adam Yudit Ben Zeh for dedicating the Shurim this month and the Schloss of all of our Tulos being the Skabel on high. To thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Greg and Rachel Levitan. Integration of the first yard set of Greg's mother, Esther Bass Herschel, and in honor of the organization Renewal, which facilitates kidney transplants through live kidney donation. Incredible. All right, well, say with that, let us, let us begin. I, I feel compelled. It's a short adapt today that we're able to get a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a short, a, a sh- an, Later starts. Um, I, I wanted, I feel compelled just to mention something that I said at Shir here yesterday during the break that I, I don't want the rest of the Hevra to miss out on. Yesterday's daf, daf tzadik alif in Meseches Ksuvis was the Yartzeit daf of the Lublina Rav, meaning Lublina Rav passed away on Ksuvis Daf Tzadik Aleph from the base, 91b. Obviously, it wasn't Yom Kippur when he passed away, but that was the Daf of the Daf Yomi that he passed away. So his Talmidim, his Talmidim, knowing that Daf Yomi was one of their Rebbe's most incredible accomplishments, the Talmidim tried to understand perhaps what is the deeper message embedded in that Daf for them. And they found, of course, on Daf Tzadik Aleph from the base, 91b, the beautiful Gemara that says, Mitzvah al hayisomim lifroa chov avihen. That was the end of yesterday's Daf. There is a mitzvah upon orphans to go ahead and, to go ahead and pay off the debts of their father. Pay off the debts of their father. And the Talmidim understood that this Gemara was talking to them. The Oblina Rav didn't have children. He didn't have children, biological children. His Talmidim, his students were his, were his children. And they understood that it was their sacred task to go ahead and carry out or carry forward their Rebbe's work, even though he was no longer alive in this world. And the students, students, kept the yeshiva, yeshiva schachmei Lublin, the Lublin Rav's yeshiva, going until the Nazis, Yimach Shema Vezichram, shut them down. That was the incredible, incredible commitment and debt they felt. They were the orphans. They were the orphans. Their father incurred a debt. Opening up a yeshiva was no small task, especially the type of yeshiva that, that yeshiva schachmei Lublin was. It was unique in every single aspect. And they took it upon themselves to continue the work of their father. And last night, this is what I said over during Shur yesterday, Last night, as I was thinking about this even more, to take it a step further, I will say we're, we're also we're also those same children. Everyone who learns the daf is also a child of Rav Meir Shapira of the Lublina Rav, and as such, every single time that we go ahead and we learn the daf, you know, day after Yom Kippur, you know, Baruch Hashem, everybody's tired, everybody's spent, you know, it, it's been such a overwhelming, spiritually draining last ten days, draining in a beautiful way. But over, I, I felt last night they came home after, after Yom Kippur. And after Havdalah, it was like a, a, wave, a, a wave of euphoria. It might also be because I used wine for Havdalah. Yeah. That, that, uh, I was like, wow, <laughs> everything is great. 
<laughs> and so it was fantastic, right? Away, but but then like like a wave of exhaustion, but like a, you know a good exhaustion when you when you feel like you've been doing something good and meaningful, and you're just not not an ounce of kolach, and then to come the next morning, okay, granted five minutes later, Baruch Hashem, but to be able then to continue our sacred work, we we are the Yisomim, we're also the orphans of the Lina Rav, and ultimately today and each and every day we continue to pay our father's debts. We should be Zochem Yerz Hashem, that in the merit of our Torah, in the merit of our Daf, Lublina Rav's Neshama, and he should be a Melitz Yosha for us in Shamayim. Well, so with that, let us begin. So we are picking up today's Daf, it's Adik Beis, 92. We are picking up uh, two Hahu Gavras, where I left off yesterday, which was two, four, six, eight, nine lines up from the bottom. Hahu Gavra, the Zadna Luxuvasa Diime, so this is a very interesting case. This was a guy who sold off the ksuva of his mother. A, a real winner, right? He sold off the ksuva of his mother. Now, so she didn't know about it. She didn't know about it. So, see, here, 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 just understand what he was doing, right? Remember, again, we've been dealing with the, with the sugi of ksuva spenendichrin. What does ksuva spenendichrin say? What does it say? What, what, what happens ultimately, again, with the mother's ksuva? It goes to her son. So essentially, what the son is saying, look, is, is my mother's alive and well. Right, my mother's loving well. She's happily married, but but Lamaisa again, Lamaisa. There's a possibility that at some point in time I'm going to be entitled to the ksuba. So halacha Lamaisa, halacha Lamaisa. He's selling a future right, selling a future right. Mm-hmm. Now I will say that interestingly enough, he says mm-hmm. But I'm just telling you that if my mother comes along. Look at Rashi for just a moment. First of all, the Zabn Luxuva di Ime, Shaisen Sua, La Acher, Umachar Ksuva Sabachaye Baila. So Rashi says, Betova Sana, fine. So what happens? But the, 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 the son says, the son says that if my mother comes and objects to the sale and voids the sale, I'm not Achrai to you. In other words, I will say, so this is, this is what we call a sale with Arachrayas. Sell that Achrayas. I'm selling you a future right. If for some reason my mother comes and objects, it's your problem. You're, you're, you're left holding the bag. I'm not, I'm not refunding your money. I'm not, nothing. Look at Rashi. So if my mother comes and objects to the sale, I'm just telling you, the sale stands. I'm not refunding you your money. So you're no ksuva and no money. So what happens? Well, say this is incredible. So ultimately the mother passes away. The mother passes away. And she never went ahead and objected to the sale of the ksuba. Okay. Va'asa'ihu v'kama'arer. Now, I'll say this is very interesting. Now, what happens? The son came along. The son came along and he objected to the sale. So, I'll say, so what? Look at Rashi. Asa'ihu v'kama'arer. Lomar anitachas imi omed ve'etlenu ve'afamos la'akzir. So, I'll say, now the mother passes away, which means now the son becomes entitled to inherit the ksuba. And what does he do? He objects to the sale. He says, right, righteous indignation. I can't believe someone sold my mother's ksuva. I was me, right? So let me say now, again, I object to the sale. I object to the sale. And he's coming now kind of as the shaliach of his mother, right? In, in this, not the shaliach, but in, in the place of his mother, because he's the inheritor. So now I will say, Reuven is the very guy who sold the ksuva to Shimon, right? He said, if my mother objects to it, the sale is void. And I'm sorry, no achrayas. Mother passes away, never objects to it. Reuven comes along and objects to the sale. Okay. So the Gemara says, 
So Rabbi Chama said, listen, the truth is, he's halachically justified in that because he's kind of coming in the place of his mother. His mother would have had the right to go ahead and object to the sale. He has the right to object to the sale. All right, so the Gemara says, Amalei Rava, no. So the Rebbe said, Rava comes along and says, no, 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 no. When Ruvain sold the Ksuva to Shimon without Achrayis, Rebbe said, what does without Achrayis mean? What does without Achrayis mean? What does it mean? It means that if a third party comes along, right? In this case, the third party would have been the mother and objected to the sale. Ruvain's saying, I don't take any responsibility for that. I don't take any responsibility for it. I will say, but what, what does Ruben take responsibility for? What does he take responsibility for? Himself. In other words, I will say, so Rabbi says, Rabbi says, no, no, no. When you sell something without a chryas, what that means is, if something outside of me happens to this transaction, I am not held responsible. But you yourself cannot be the cause for the dissolution of the transaction. So if Ruben, if Ruben comes along and says, oh, I'm coming in the stead of my mother to go out and dissolve the sale, you could do that, but then you have to re- refund the money as well. Which I will say, what an incredible Musser. First day, first day, what an incredible Musser. You see, in life, the one thing you can't often be responsible for are the actions of others. Are the actions of others. The one thing I am always responsible for are my own actions. So, in other words, there could be no achrayis when it comes to someone else. I can't be achrayis for what you do. We'll say, again, we even have this concept in halacha that sometimes, again, about what level of liability, in a legal sense, and it's true in a moral sense as well, what level of liability do parents have for the actions of their children? So, again, halachically, that's a question. Morally, perhaps, again, religiously, it's a question. But even we know at a certain point in time, as much as I love my child, at the end of the day, they're independent of me and their actions are going to be independent of me as well. At a certain point, both halachically as well as spiritually. But my own actions, my own actions, I always have an achrayas for that. And I will say, what an incredible lesson to learn, Matzei Yom Kippur. Because so many times in life, the reason we make our mistakes is because we go ahead and we hold other people responsible for the outcome of my life. The buck of your life stops with you. What you do, what you don't do is your decision. Good actions, bad actions, your decision. And if we can actually live that way, taking full responsibility for who we are, what we do, how we act, then Amir Sashem, this will be a dramatic year. Gemara goes right to Another interesting case. Ruben sold a field to Shimon without Achrayis. So once again, remember, we know what that term means. What does that mean? Ruben sells a field to Shimon. And I will say, essentially, what does it mean without Achrayis? What does that mean? That Ruben says, listen, I have creditors. He doesn't have to say it. In other words, if Ruben has creditors, and let's say again, Ruben owes uh, Levi money. Ruben doesn't have cash. Ruben doesn't have cash. So Levi comes along and says, fine, I'll take one of the properties you sold after the date of our transaction. And if Levi were to go ahead and do that, so let's say again, Levi seizes the field that Ruvain sold to Shimon, so ultimately again, Shimon has no recourse against Ruvain. That's what it means to sell without achrayis. You're selling without recourse. So the Gemara says, Shimon, It's such a good case. So let's say, watch what happened over here. So Ruvain sold the field to Shimon without achrayis. Shimon then sold the same field back to Ruvain with achrayis. Okay, it's not, nothing wrong. It's the same field. They're just selling it back and forth. 
But the difference is now Shimon sold it back with Achrayas. And what happened? So the Gemara says Shimon Achrayas sold it back with Top of Tzadik base. Va'asa Balchov de Ruvain v'Katarif le'Minei. That was I said. Now what happened? Ruvain's creditor now seizes the field from Ruvain. Okay, do you understand what happened over here? So right, Ruvain sold the field to Shimon without Achrayas. Shimon sold the same field back to Ruvain with Achrayas. Meanwhile, this field was already encumbered to Ruvain's creditor. So now, after Ruvain bought the field back from Shimon with Achrayas, Ruvain's creditor seizes the field. So both say, so now what's the shot? So now Ruvain's creditor seizes the field. So both say, so what's the halacha? Dinohu, the azel Shimon umafzile. Both say, ultimately, again, what's the halacha? The halacha is, the halacha is that Shimon is on the hook. Right, means that Shimon could go ahead and negotiate this with the creditor. In other words, Shimon sold Reuben a field with Achrayas. The field was now seized. Right, Achrayas means you agree to make the party whole in the event that their field is seized. Shimon has to go ahead and make Reuben whole. Amrali Rav, Rav says, what are you talking about? Achrayas did not shame me. No, that's not what Achrayas means. Achrayas means to say once again, why is the field being seized? Why is the field being seized? It's Ruvain's creditor. It's Ruvain's creditor. So, we'll say, so let me get this straight. Ru, right, by the way, t- to round out this case, let me add in one more piece of information. Ruvain borrowed money. Ruvain borrowed money. Right, we'll just call from creditor. Okay, that's really the first step in this case. Ruvain borrowed money. Then what happened? Then, Ruvain sold the field to Shimon, right? right an, an encumbered field without Achrayas. Then Shimon sold the same field back to Ruvain with Achrayas. And now what happens? Loan comes due. Ruvain has no cash. So the, so the lender, creditor, seizes the land from Ruvain. Ruvain shows up to Shimon. says, Shimon, you sold me a field with Achrayas. A creditor, so, so, creditor took my field. You have to make me whole. So the first opinion, so the first opinion says, Enochinami. That's what it means. So Achrayas. Rabbi Kalman says, what are you talking about? That was Ruvain's own creditor. When Shimon sells with Achrayas, Achrayas means, listen, if someone comes for me, like one of my creditors comes and seizes your field, or maybe even some other external extraneous circumstance, but ultimately my pledge of Achrayas does not cover your personal creditor. Because right? I say, obviously, again, can you imagine what that would look like in the world of Achrayas? If ultimately, again, the sale covered even the purchaser's personal circumstances, and therefore Rava says, when your personal creditor comes along and seizes the field, I have no achrayas for that. And I both say, that's how he paskin. That's how he paskin. So when Reuven's own creditor comes along and seizes the field, Reuven cannot come back to Shimon claiming any kind of achrayas. <laughs> However, Umode Reuven, well, Ruf, I'm sorry, Umode Rava, Rava agrees, Reuven she yarash sada miyakov umachro l'shimen. All right, I should, have made, I should have gotten in charge of this. Well, it's, actually, it's actually very straightforward. Stay away from charts, because charts, I feel like, give some people Yuvamas PTSD. That is when they see charts, they get the... So it's actually, it's actually very straightforward cases. So listen to this. Rava agrees. Get ready for this. Reuven Sheyarash Sodom Yaakov. Reuven inherits a field from his father Yaakov. So his father Yaakov dies. Reuven inherits a field. Umachron Shimon, And now Reuven sold to Shimon. Shimon's not his brother, by the way. Shimon's just another guy. Right? Sells to Shimon. Now what happened? Shalom Ba'achrayis. Without Achrayis. And now what happens? Shimon sells it back. So we'll say it's a similar case. We're just adding in an additional level over here. Yaakov dies. Reuven, his son, inherits him. Good, Reuven has an inherited field. Reuven sells the field to Shimon without Achrayis. Shimon sells it back to Reuven 
with Achrayis. Okay, so far so good. The Balchov Diakov Vikatarif Lemine. Ah, what happens now? After Reuven bought it back with Achrayis for Shimon, who comes along? A creditor of Yaakov. A creditor of deceased Yaakov comes along and seizes the fields from Reuven. So even Rav agrees that in that case, the Azil Shimon Umafzilemine. In this case, Rav Osai, the Achrayis clause kicks in. In this case, the Achrayis clause kicks in. Right? And even though, again, in this case, the field was not seized by one of Shimon's creditors, but it was seized by an outside party. In other words, nothing to do with Ruvain. It's Ruvain's father's debt. Ultimately, again, then the Achrayis clause would kick in. My time, huh? Bachov Diakov, Kibachov Da'amadami. Because ultimately, a creditor of Yaakov is like an outside party. So, Rabbi said, would you begin to see something very interesting, which I, I don't know that necessarily we have this sensitivity until we get to this da'af, which is as follows. We've always heard of the concept of selling property with Achrayis. We've always, sold, right? We've always heard of that, right? Ruvain sells a field to Shimon with Achrayis. That means that Ruvain takes responsibility should something happen to the field. The truth is, I always assumed that what does it mean if something happens to the field? That essentially what Reuven is saying is if one of my creditors comes along and seizes the field in satisfaction of one of my debts, I agree to make you whole. What has just happened over here is we have just dramatically expanded the concept, and I should say the coverage, of Achrayis. So suddenly, what does Achrayis mean? When Reuven sells to Shimon with Achrayis, what Reuven essentially is saying is what? Is what? If that field is seized by anyone, right? I agree to make you whole. The only exception in coverage is what? Is what? If Shimon, well, I'm using Shimon, right? If Shimon, if it's seized by your own creditor, right? Shimon the purchaser, if your own creditor seizes it, that, that no, 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 that, that, I'm not making you whole for that, right? That, that's, that's your problem. Shabbos say really dramatic, to the point that even over here, again, Yaakov died, Reuven inherited the property, Reuven sold to Shimon without Achrayis. Shimon sold back to Reuven, with Achrayis, okay, fine. Now creditor of deceased father Yaakov seizes the field from Reuven. Reuven has a right to trigger the, the Achrayis clause and ultimately Shimon would be obligated to make him whole. Incredible case, incredible case. So let's go back there. Amar Ha'ibarachama, Reuven Shemacha Sadol Shimon Ba'achrayis. See, here we go, very interesting, all fascinating cases. So what happened? Reuven sold the field to Shimon with Achrayis. Okay, Reuven sold the field to Shimon with Achrayis. Vizakif Allah Bimilva. Now I'll say in this case over here, what happened? Ruve didn't have the cash to pay for the field. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Shimon didn't have the cash uh, cash to pay for the field, right? Ruve sold it to Shimon. Shimon didn't have the cash. So what happened? Not a problem. They structured the debt as a loan. If you have an outstanding debt, you have an outstanding loan to me. Okay. Vizakalabimilva. Umes Ruvain. Now, something interesting. Ruvain died. So I'll say Ruvain is seller. Reuven the seller died. And remember again, just to, just to be clear, Reuven sold to Shimon with Achrayis. Shimon didn't have the money. So there's a debt owed from Shimon to Reuven. Next step, Reuven dies. Mace Reuven. The Asabachov, the Reuven the Katara Flemi Shimon. So what happens, Rosai? So now Reuven died and he had a creditor. Reuven's creditor comes to Shimon, comes to Shimon, right? And seizes the encumbered property that Shimon bought from Reuven. Okay, fine. Upai Sibizuze. Now, in this case over here, what happened is Shimon didn't want to part with the property. So what did he do? He paid off the creditor in cash. 
paid off the creditor in cash. Take a look at Rashi. Who paisi Paisi bezuze is like uh, if, if you have on your margin the kute Rashi, it's right next to that. Paisi bezuze bimaos demeasa the shayachayev liyasmi pais es hanosa es hanosh hanosh bishul ruven shavachayis machalo. So just to understand over here. So essentially, what did Shimon do? Remember, I both say Shimon owed money to Reuven, right? What was what was the money owed to Reuven? What was the money? The purchase price of the field. So now the creditor of deceased Reuven comes to collect the field from Shimon. Shimon says, "You know what? Here's what I'll do. I'll just pay you the money, right? I never paid Reuven or his estate yet, so I'm just going to pay you, creditor. Here's the thousand zuz, right? Here's the thousand zuz. Here it is. You're paid off, and essentially my debt is paid off as well. So instead instead of paying my debt." To Ruvain or to, or to his Yarshim, I'm now just paying it to you, creditor, and everyone's happy. Creditor has been paid. I've effectively paid for the land, and all is good. So the Gemara says, Dinohu, listen to this. Dinohu, the Amunay bin Ruvain, so we'll say the Yarshim, right? The Yarshim, Ruvain's inheritors, could come to Shimon and they could say something amazing. They could say, Anan nitaltali shavak avun gabach, one second. Our father, left metaltalin in your, in your possession. I'm about to say, now what metaltalin did Ruvain leave in Shimon's possession? What metaltalin? What metaltalin? Alone. Alone. Money. Money's metaltalin. Our father left metaltalin in your possession. Get ready for this. O liyasmi lo mishtabdi. I will say, creditors have no claim against movable property of Yisomim. Creditors only have a claim against real property of Yisomim. So watch what happened over here. The Yisomim, now the descendants of Ruvain, could come along to Shimon and they could say, Shimon, you gave away our father's money to the creditor and that was not correct. So therefore you still owe us the money. Ah, you paid off the debt. The debts of our father only encumber real property of the estate. They don't encumber movable property and money is movable property. Therefore, again, that money should have been returned to us. You had no right to give that to the creditor. Incredible. Amarava. So I will say, so Amarava says, Ipikeach. Okay, so I will say, now watch this. So now we're saying that Yisumim have the right ultimately again to go ahead and claim. So I will say, so essentially what would happen in this case is Shimon, Shimon would now be out a thousand zuz. Right, so he just paid to the creditor something that he really owed to the Yarshim, so the Yarshim could claim it back against him. Amarava Rav says, Ipikeach Idaf, so if Shimon's smart, what could he do? Magvi luhu neilayu ara, vahadar gabi luhu minayu. So I will say, so ultimately, again, fine. What Shimon could just do is, okay, so here's what I'll do. I'll give you back the land. Yisomim, I'm giving you back the land. And right after he gives back the land to the Yisomim, what could he do? What could he do? Take it right back. Why? Because remember again, Ruvain sold it to him, Bachrayas. Bachrayas. So essentially, if the Yisomim want to be sticklers, again, the Yisomim would be right. But if they want to claim, no, 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 you still owe us the money, he say, you know what, I don't have money. Take the land back, right? Because ultimately, again, here, I shouldn't have paid you, right? Here's the land back. And then right after he gives it to them, he could take it back and seize it again, Bachrayas. Incredible. We'll say, take a look at Rashi. Last, last of the short lines. simply do give the land back to the Yarshim and then take it back right afterwards as a form of Achrayas. Good. So let's go back to the Gemara. 
Yisomim shegavu karka bechov asavien bal chov chozer vegova osamehen. Because we'll say in, in accordance with Rav Nachman, in the name of Rabbi Baravu, who holds that if orphans went ahead and collected karka as a, as a way of repayment of a debt of their father, creditors of the estate could go back and retake that property from them. So we'll say so a very very interesting case. Okay, so as I want to point out also what's profound about these cases is just the halachic concepts that emerge from them as well. So this idea, for example, this idea, so we've already seen the concept of achrayis, we've already seen the limitation of achrayis coverage. Now what we're also seeing over here is that halacha only real property of Yisomim, of an estate, becomes encumbered to a debt, but movable property does not. Quite fascinating. Good. We've also seen that Allah creditors have the ability to go ahead, right? If Yisomim collect property as form of payment of debts to the estate, other creditors could come and take that property from the Yisomim. Incredible. Amar Rabbah. Rabbah goes weiter. Here we go. Again, let me just, just to clarify just that last case, right? So Ruvain sold property to Shimon. Just now we have the whole thing. Ruvain sold property to Shimon with Achrayas, right? right? Shimon didn't have the money. It's now a loan due to Ruvain. Ruvain dies. Ruvain dies, okay? Creditor of Ruvain comes to Shimon and says, I'm seizing the property in satisfaction of Ruvain's debt. Shimon says, don't seize the property. Let me just give you the money. I owed the money anyway to Ruvain. I'm just going to give you the money to pay off the debt. Sounds beautiful. You Yisomim, children of Ruvain, come to Shimon. You had no right to give away that money. That money belonged to us. And therefore, again, you still owe us the money. Why do you owe us the money? Because ultimately, again, metal and movable property of the estate is not meshubad. It doesn't have a lien against it to the debts of the estate. Only real property of the estate has a lien against it. So therefore, there, some are demanding that Shimon still repay the thousand zuz, which is a lot of money for land, but the thousand zuz ultimately to the estate. Shimon says, says, you know what? Shimon says, forget it. Take the land back. Take the land back, you're right. Take, take the land back. And as soon as Shimon does that, then what? Then what? As soon as he gives the land back to the estate, then what? He has the ability to claw it back, utilizing his achrayis clause. Incredible. I'm sorry? Good. So it's therefore I'll say so really, really, really incredible, really incredible idea. Good. So we'll say so. Let's go back to Amarava. Ruvain Shemachakol Sadosa the Shimon. So here we go. Ruvain sold all of his property to Shimon, and what happens? V'chazer Shimon Umachar. So the Achas Levi. Shimon then went and resold one of those lands to Levi. So okay, Ruvain sold all of his property to Shimon. Shimon took one piece of property and sold it to Levi. The Asa Bachov de Ruvain, and that's fascinating. Now Ruvain has a creditor. So we'll say, so the Gemara says, Ratsa Mizegova, Ratsa Mizegova. Fascinating. So we'll say, now Ruvain has a creditor. Who could Ruvain, now we'll say, so je, okay, we we'll always have to add in like one more piece. Really the first step in this story is what? Ruvain borrowed money. That's the first step. What happens when Ruvain borrows money? What happens? Really Lean against all of his property. Okay, that's step one. Step two. Ruvain sold all of his property to Shimon. Good. Step three, Shimon sells one parcel of land to Ruvain. Uh, to, to Levi, sorry. Step four, Ruvain's debt becomes due and he's cash poor. Now the Gemara says, okay, so now creditor has the right to go to either, either Shimon or Levi. Why, Abose? Why? Why? 
because all of those properties are encumbered by the lien of the original debt. So quite interesting. So we'll say, so what's fast, what, 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 what's, what's the Chiddush being espoused over here? And we're not, we're not talking about the yet, right? But again, what's fascinating about this is you, one would have thought, one would have thought that kind of like there's an order over here. First go to Shimon, but no, the Gemara says it's not true because a lien is a lien is a lien. And it's the same lien on Shimon's property than it is on Levi's property. Therefore, the creditor could go to either Shimon or Levi in collection of the debt. So the Gemara, listen to this, Ratzim Izegova, Ratzim Izegova. For Lo Amran, this is only true, Ela Dezabna Benonis. Now, both say, this is only true if Levi, right, the guy who purchased from Shimon, purchased Benonis. Okay, so both say, by the way, this is why Ksubis is Shas and everything is here. In real estate, in real estate, there are three grades of property. There is Ziburis, Benonis, and Idis. Ziburis is inferior property, Benonis, middle grade property, Idis, superior property. In general, the halacha is that a Balchov is only entitled to collect from Benonis, or, or Ziburis, right, but certainly not Idis. So when do we say that in this case, creditor has the ability to go ahead and collect his debt either from Shimon or Levi, that's assuming that Levi, who only purchased one parcel of land, purchased Benonis. In other words, the type of property that is suitable for collection. But if he went ahead and he bought Idis or Ziburis, so we'll say this is incredible. But if Levi bought either Idis or Ziburis, right? Best quality, lowest quality, he could say to Ruben's creditor, you have no right to collect from me because this is dafko why I bought this grade of property so as to be exempt from any seizures because of creditors. Shabbos say, it's incredible by the way, that it could very well be according to this, like even on the real estate market, not only were people careful to look for liens like a title search, but what's also interesting is, what's also interesting is, maybe to be makbit to buy a certain grade of property so that even if you are buying without achrayis, right? Or with achrayis, it doesn't really matter. If you're buying idis or, 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 idis or ziburis, again, no creditors will be able to come after you, which is, really, which is really quite fascinating. So again, when we say, when we say that creditor has the right to collect from either Shimon, who bought all of the properties from Levi, from, from Ruvain, or Levi, who bought a property from Shimon, that's only assuming that Levi bought Benonis. But if Levi didn't buy Benonis, ultimately he can say, leave me alone. Leave me alone, right? Leave me alone. To which the Gemara says, Ubenonis namilo amran, ela deloshavik benonis de kavasa. Furthermore, again, I will say, ultimately, again, and even when it comes to Benonis, right? Even if Levi did buy Benonis, we only allow, we only allow the creditor to collect Benonis from Levi, if what? If he did not leave, if, if Shimon does not have any similar Benonis. The Loshavak Benonis de Kavasa. Aval. Oh, what a, what a beautiful daf, right? Aval. Could have started 6.30, right? Aval. Shavak Benonis de Kavasa. But if at the end of the day he left behind suitable Benonis, Masi Amarle, Hinachti Lecha Makom Ligbos Hemenu. I left you a place from which to ultimately go ahead and collect. So I will say, so what's interesting to note is as follows over here. So Igmar seems to say, so if, if you take a look, um, yeah, fine. So I will say, so ultimately, Igmar seems to give this interesting qualification, which is that halacha lemaisa, if, if even if Levi does have benonis, but if Shimon also has benonis, that Levi could claim, why are you coming to me first? 
ultimately you should go to Shimon first. So, so we'll say, so what, what kind of began as a very expansive statement that again, so let's just go through the case once more. Ruben owns property, sells all of his, and right, I'm sorry, step one, Ruben borrowed money. Right, he has encumbered property, sells all of his encumbered properties to Shimon. Shimon sells a property to Levi. Creditor comes along, Ruben has no cash. So now the Gemara says, well, the creditor could collect from either Shimon or Levi because everything is encumbered. So that began as a very expansive statement. Now suddenly, again, we really limited it. So it's only true, number one, if what? If what? If Levi bought Benonis, and also if there's no similar Benonis left in, left in Shimon's portfolio. But if there is similar Benonis left in Shimon's portfolio, Levi can say to the creditor, you really should go to him before you go to me. Okay, so the Gemara says, listen to this. Amra Baye, another case, really, really fascinating cases. Amra Baye. Ruvain Shemachar Sodat Lishimin Ba'achrayis. Here we go. Right? Ruvain went ahead and sold the field to Shimon with Achrayis. The Asabachol de Ruvain, the Katarif Lemine. Alright, so this seems to be a pretty straightforward case, right? Once again, step one, Ruvain borrowed money, right? That's step one. Step two, he sold a field to Shimon with Achrayis. With Achrayis. Step three, loan comes due. Step four, the Balchol, the creditor, comes along and seizes the field from Shimon. The Katarif Lemine. So Dinohu, so we'll say, listen to this. Dinohu, the Ozel Ruven Umaf Tzile. So we'll say, listen to how fascinating this is. So now, loan comes due, Ruven doesn't have any money on him. Okay, fine. So no problem. It's encumbered property. So what does creditor do? Creditor goes to Shimon to go ahead and seize the field. Seems pretty straightforward. The Halokha, we'll say, is that Ruven could intervene and try to work something out with the creditor, right? Ruben, 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 the borrower, could intervene and try to work something out with the creditor. And I was saying, now what's the Chiddush with that? The Chiddush is, the creditor could potentially say to Ruben, leave me alone. I'm, I'm not negotiating with you, right? I came to you, I asked you for repayment, you didn't have repayment, that's why ultimately, again, we did the loan with, with Achrayis. So now ultimately at the end, as, well, everyone has Achrayis, right? That's why I'm coming to now seize the property. So we'll say, so again, if creditor wants to say to Ruvain, we're done, you and I are done. Now I'm just seizing the property from Shimon. Ruvain has a right to say, no, no. Let's first see if an alternative approach can be worked out or not. Let's see if an alternative approach can be worked out. And ultimately, again, the creditor can't say to Ruvain, I have nothing to do with you. And I was saying that. Why would the creditor say to Ruvain, I have nothing to do with you? Why? Why? Because, again, at the end of the day, you have no money, right? So I'm seizing the property and it's actually of our debt. We, we, you and I have nothing more to talk about. Why? Because what could Ruvain say? Because we'll say, Ruvain says, no, you do have a lot to do with me, and I am sort of very involved in this, in this debt. Do you know Why? Because when you go ahead and you seize the property from Shimon, guess who he's coming to pay a visit to first? He's coming to me. So I'm very much involved in this. So therefore, again, I have a vested interest in trying to see if something else can be worked out. Look at Rashi. When you take it from him, he's going to come to me. So we'll say, the Chiddush over here, this is not a Chiddush, just the interesting point over here is, one would have thought that after the loan comes due and Ruvain doesn't have money anymore, that Ruvain doesn't have money anymore, that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Ruvain is kind of removed from the transaction. And therefore, again, he kind of has no, he has no mouth, right? He has no voice. 
any more of this transaction. Kamashwan, that's not the case. Kamashwan, that halacha lamaisa, again, he always has a voice in the transaction for the simple reason that when the creditor comes and seizes the property from Shimon, now again, Shimon's going to come back to Reuven. Therefore, Reuven has a vested interest in trying to work something out with the creditor. Beautiful. So the Gemara says, if he could not be an alternate version of this, I think the Shalobach Rais Nami. Fascinating. No, say this would be true even if Ruvain sold the field to Shimon, Shaloba Achrais. Now, I will say, this is interesting. So watch this case, right? Ruvain borrowed money. Ruvain borrowed money. Obviously, the loan creates an encumbrance on the field, right? Ruvain sells the field to Shimon without Achrais. Without Achrais. Ruvain can't pay the loan. Ruvain can't pay the loan. Creditor comes to seize the field from Shimon. So if you're Ruvain, you're thinking to yourself, Okay, right? In other words, right? That, that, that Lamaisa, 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 again, it is no Achrayis. Okay, I'm sorry, but there's no Achrayis. Even in that case, the Gemara says, Reuben has a right to intervene, right? And say to the creditor, let's work something through. Right? Ah, there's no Achrayis. So the Gemara says, listen to this. So the Gemara says, why? I don't want Shimon to be bragis with me. Like, I know, I know halachically, you creditor have the right to seize the property from him. And if you do, he has no recourse against me. He, right, he has no legal recourse. I don't want to be brigus. It's very simple. In other words, Ruben says, I do business in the community, right? I, even though, again, I'm right, I'm correct, I don't want, obviously, Shim is not going to have positive feelings towards me if my creditor comes and seizes his field. So I don't want to be brigus with me, and therefore, Allah Chalamaisah, he's permitted to divine. I say, when we say permitted to interview, what that just means is creditor, creditor can say to Ruben, I'm not talking to you. Right? I would have thought before this, Sugya, once Ruben, if you don't have money, I'm not talking to you. There are plenty of people that live like that, by the way, right? <laughs> if you don't have money, I'm not talking to you, right? So I'll say, so again, I would have said creditor, creditor would say, right? If you don't have money, I'm not talking to you. You're, you're, in other words, you're no longer a party to this transaction. You've absented yourself because you have no money. Now my, my din is only with Shimon. What the Gemara is teaching us is that is not the case. Reuven is still a party to the transaction because Reuven has a vested interest. If he sold with Achrayis, he has a vested interest in working something out because he doesn't want Shimon coming back to him. And even if he didn't sell by Achrayis, he has a vested interest in Shimon not being brightest with him. So therefore, again, creditor has to listen to Reuven. Now again, if they can't work out an equitable solution, Obviously what? Obviously what? So creditor has the right to seize the land. Now what will happen will happen. But Lamaisi has to at least give Ruben an opportunity to try to make things right. Incredible. So Amra Baye, last line of Tzadik Beis Mabez, Ruben Shemachar Sadal Shemin Shalobachrayis. Listen to this. Fascinating. Viatsu Alavasikim. Here's the case. Ruben sold a field to Shimon. And I will say, before they find, well, we'll see. And what happens? Yatsu Alavasikim. Yatsu Alavasikim. Look at Rashi. Tap Rashi Tzadikimo. Amadalef 93a. So what's happening over here is like this. Ruben sold the field to Shimon. And what happens as they're, as they're, as they're finalizing this transaction, so, so people begin, there are people who come out of the, people come out, people object to the sale. Why do they object to the sale? Because there are people who are claiming that the field doesn't really belong to Ruben, the field doesn't come, whatever, whatever complaints they're lodging. The point is there's mumbling during the sale, more than mumbling. There's objections during the sale that this is not a correct sale. This, sale, this, this field is not really Ruvain's to sell. Okay. So I will say it's very important. Up until the point that Shimon has actually done a formal kinyan and acquired the property, he could back out of the transaction. 
Keep back, which I'll say, so again, in other words, one might have thought that maybe in a real estate transaction, once you go ahead and you come to terms, you set a purchase price, you do what has to be done. Perhaps, again, halacha lamaisa, halacha lamaisa, that would, that you can't back out afterwards. Kamash malon, though. Kamash malon, up until the point that the transaction has been finalized, you could back out. You could back out. Misha and yachal achzabo. So we'll say at the end of the day, at the end of the day, once the kinyan has been done, then Shimon cannot back out. Shimon cannot back out. I will say why. This is very interesting. I will say it's an interesting, it's interesting. Literally again, means a bag of knots you have accepted. I will say it's one of those expressions that works much better in the Aramaic than it does in the English translation. A bag of knots was an expression of, like, sometimes, listen, when you buy, it's buyer beware. Buyer beware, right? In other words, listen, you, you bought it, you bought it. Okay, this guy's objecting, this guy, oh, whatever it is, this is what you bought, you can't back out. You made a Kenyan, there's nothing more to talk about. The Gemara says, by the way, at what point in time do we say that a Kenyan has been made? In other words, we'll say, when, when is the transaction finalized? Michidayesh HaMitzri. So we'll say, it's actually interesting, Nara Sugya, but there are different kinyanim that are made to acquire real estate. One of the ways in which you acquire real estate is you walk the borders of the land. If you walk the borders, and I will say, by the way, where did we learn this kinyan from? This was Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu, he comes into Eretz Yisrael, he walks the borders. Miraculously, he walked the borders of Eretz Yisrael. That's how he was Kona Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara says, listen to this. Ikedah, we'll say, others say, so again, I just want to point out over something very interesting. So in this case, the first way this was set up, Abayi said, is Reuben is selling a field to Shimon without Achrayas. Without Achrayas. So now what happens? They for, they, right, they're, ready, they're, ready to, they're ready to sign and seal. And there's a seeking, there's mumbling that the field doesn't really belong to Reuben. So now the shaila is, what are Shimon's rights? What are Shimon's rights? So the most is very simple. As long as he did not yet make the Kenyan, he could back out of the transaction. The moment, ultimately, again, he did not make the king. the moment he made the Kenyan, he's in. And Ruben says to him, listen, you bought a bag of knots. But and I will say, that's another recession also. When you buy a field without achrayas, to a certain degree, what you're also setting yourself up for is what? Potential loss. Potential loss. Ruben says, listen, you bought a bag of knots. That's what it means to buy a field without achrayas. Now, I will say, now let's finish up. Watch this. There are others who explain, nami. We'll say this is true even if, even if Shimon bought the field with Achrayas. So we'll say, listen to this, because watch this. Here, fascinating. It's very exciting. So Reuven sells the field to Shimon with Achrayas. So let's play this out. Reuven sells the field with Shimon with Achrayas. So now what happens? A seek can come up, right? A seek can come up, right? People are objecting. And I will say, it's not just objecting. People are raising like legitimate concerns if this is Reuven, really Reuven's field or not. So obviously, if Shimon did not go ahead and, if Shimon did not make the Kenyan, then ultimately, again, there's nothing to discuss. He could back out. What if he made the Kenyan? What if he made the Kenyan? So I will say, I would have thought that maybe in a case of Achrayas, in a case of Achrayas, Shimon should be able to back out. Why should he be able to back out? Because Shimon can say to Reuven, listen, Reuven, let's save ourselves both a lot of trouble. Because what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You're going to go ahead, right? The Asikin, someone is going to come and seize the fields from me. And when they seize the field, what's going to be the Allah? What's going to be the You're going to have to make me whole. So let's just save ourselves both the trouble and just give me back my money now. So Shimon, oh, sorry, Ruben can say to Shimon, You know what? When the property is seized, come back and talk to me. 
Come back and talk to me. So I'll say, again, so just to be clear, what's fascinating about this is, as long as the kinyan has not been made, even though they agree to all the other terms, so buyer has the ability to walk away. Once the kinyan has been made, even if it's a case of achrayis, so we know that Shimon's going to get back his money. He only could claim his money back ultimately once the property is seized. Rabbi Osei, shkoyach. What a daf.